0: He didn't know that, but he, he, he began to prophesy about the necessity of structuring and strengthening the house and already beginning to think about generational legacy. He said, you're young, but you need to start thinking about legacy now. Amen. Because, uh, um, and he was just so on point with what he said. Um, the Lord began to just deal with me about structure and strengthening when to start it, when would be the right time to start that. And um, the Lord has given me the go. And so, so we're going to start equipping the evangelists, the, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, and then we're going to begin to open up means for which for them to function that the, the body of Christ may be matured, that, that the people of God may be matured for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. All the work of the church doesn't come, uh, doesn't um, isn't done in the church is actually you're equipped to do the work out there from the church. There's certain things that happen within the house, but there's so many things that happen outside of the house. And and so there's some things, some very important aspects. Now tonight is very, very um, intentional on um, impartation and also on activation. I want to do some evangelical impartation and some activation to, to, to flow in the, in the, the evangelical um, ministry and grace, which I believe is right now. Why didn't I deal with the apostolic first, which we're going to deal with, or the prophetic first, which we'll probably deal with next, but the evangelical, amen, because it is a time of in-gathering. If you pay attention to the Isaiah 60 hour, the Bible talks about how they'll come from afar, that Gentiles shall see their light, and they shall come to the brightness of your rising. It is a time for favor in bringing in harvest. It's, this is a time what Peter would say, th- what, what happened to Peter when he cast his net into the sea. And it was, it was not, now if we throw our nets during this time of favor in this Isaiah 60 hour, they'll be filled. So it's very, very important that I kind of sk- skipped over the apostolic and the prophetic, and we went r- right into the, to the evangelist, uh, uh, um, over the teacher to us, um, well, unto the evangelist because of that. Um, And um, there's some things that the Lord wants to say tonight that are very, very, very imperative. And I'm glad that we have the family here. We have here um, Brother Tracy and Angie Simmons all the way from Hartsville, the big old city of Hartsville, South Carolina. Y'all traveled a long way. (laughs) We bless God. Amen for having um, Darlington represented in here. We have Evangelist and, and Minister Shelby Adams and Deacon Johnny Adams. All the way from Dalton, y'all travel a long way, amen, to be with us tonight, and we thank God for it, amen, and we just thank God to have with us the power couple of, of, of Tony and Laura Preacher, and then the power family, we got Angel, and we got Precious all in the house, and so we bless the Lord for that, amen, Um thank god also for our very own one of a kind nobody will ever i I don't think nobody will ever was and ever will be like Uh, tasha miss tasha she's one of a kind and she blesses me and i just thank god for her and we just thank god that i asked media to be in place because i want to be able to record this stream it and also put it on youtube as far as an equipping and activation tool. So I thank God for our very own, can we thank God for Brother Shelby, and then Brother Johnny in place to make sure everything kind of flows. I, will, I am going to ask you to take some notes, so please get pen and pads. For further, well, as we go further, I will have printouts, handouts, and PowerPoints. I did not, I, the only reason why I don't have that tonight is because I didn't have time. Um, the Lord has already instructed me once September comes I'm scaling back on my field work I'll only be going out three days a week instead of four days a week simply because of what needs to be done in the house and so I'll be scaling back to make sure those things are in place um, um, for us um, could we get um, precious I want you to get closer I can't see you see you You come up here here you don't mind if I don't mind I, I want to see you is that alright? All right. Amen. And then also, um, I will let you know this. Uh, Brother James Barry is on his way. He should be here any moment. Um, he is he I, I consider him. He kind of came to me and, and um, asked for me to help impart into him and groom him. And I saw him as an evangelist. Great guy. He's actually um, a, a, a friend of the plumber who helped do some of our plumbing work. I end up ministering to him a word while they were working on the plumbing. Um, And then he ended up telling me he needed me to, he he felt the Lord leading him to sit up under our ministry so that I could groom him, groom him up. He has a son's heart. He's a white brother, but he's a great guy. He's a great guy, and I know he's an evangelist. And so he should be here any moment. He's driving all, he's driving from Hartsville too as well uh, to be here tonight. Um, And so um, we'll get into it. Um, one, one thing that I'll say right off the bat that we need to understand about evangelism is a shift. We have to begin to, to um, and again, this is impartation and activation, we have to begin to shift our mindset about what entails evangelism. Um, um, w- where do we need to shift our mind from? From the emphasis of confession to the emphasis of community. Amen. We, as evangelists, we must stop just trying to get people to confess Christ, and we must start trying to get people to enter into the community called the church, to be plugged into the community, right? People, uh, uh, com- community and culture. It's not about confession. It's about plugging men and women into community and culture. And there were three thousand souls added to the what? Culture, the community. There were 3,000 souls added to the community, the church, all right, the culture. So we have to understand, first and foremost, it's not about getting people to con- just to confess Christ, but it's about plugging people into culture and the community that we are establishing called the kingdom of God. Amen? That's very, 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 very key. And, and with that said, I want to point out two scriptures that kind of um, will help us see that point, before I kinda go into the teaching. And I'm gonna deal with a couple of other things too, but, but that's the first thing I need us to understand that the past expression of evangelism is not wrong, it, it just is not all. We have, to, we have to advance from that. We can't just go around saying we got 30 people to confess Jesus, right? Where they at, right? What happened to us Anybody ever been evangelized before, had an evangelist evangelize them before, and you end up saying a prayer with them? How many, anybody besides me ever did that? Man, I got caught up at the strip club. I'm on the way out the strip club and got evangelized at 2.30 a.m. in the morning. All my, I was sober by the time that woman finished praying for me. I'll never forget her. I'll never forget her. I was sober and I was drunk when I left. But that woman grabbed my hands began to pray for me. As she ministered to me, I promise you, it sobered me. Something about the Holy Ghost sobered me up. The issue is this. What is the issue? The issue was, after I confessed Christ, what did I do? I went back into what? Sin. Why? Because there was no culture that I was plugged into. There was no community. How many ever confessed Christ and went right back into your sin? Amen. Um, I'm not talking about halfway full blown all the way in there. Right. All the way back in there. Why? Because it's not just about that confession. It's about a culture that can can conform you. Amen. And that's what we have to. So first of all. So before I go on, we must believe in what the culture that we have in our churches. We must believe that our church ain't just church. It's a culture. And it gives individuals access to a lifestyle of liberty. We must believe that because we're not just trying to get them to confess Christ. Guess what we're trying to do? Get them into our culture. Amen? You're just trying to get folks in your church. Yes. We're trying to get them into our culture. If we believe our culture is kingdom. And that if we plug them into it, we can change them. I believe that, that, that it can assist what the confession they made. Confession without culture ends up being backslid, ends up being backsliding. You can confess all day, but if there's no culture that can now undergird your confession, if there's no culture to undergird your confession, you're still going to be stuck. Amen? And so that's so, so key. And I believe a couple of scriptures that kind of back that up, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 7. Do we have this? Should we cut that one on too? Um, and I believe, what's the first one up? The New King James Version or the Passion Translation? Um, New King James Version. So this is now um, Paul talking about what we would call the process of, I would, I would refer to as the process of, of ministry. Amen. And he's talking about planting and watering and increase. He says plant, water, increase are the three elements of that scripture. Now, planting, of those three, which one would we call evangelism? Plant, water, increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Which one is the evangelist in that? The planter, right? Which one is the culture in that? The waterer. And which one is the one who actually causes growth? God. So it doesn't just take the planter, it doesn't just take evangelism, it takes evangelism, it takes the culture, and then God will come in and bring what? Increase. It's so key that we see all three elements. If we stop at confession, it's just like a mother having a baby and saying, okay, I did it, now you fend for yourself. How long is that baby going to last on its own after being born? Not long. That baby needs to be raised up in a house culture right? Uh, 1 Corinthians 3:17 in the passion tran- three and seven in the passion translation. I love this one. It kind of brings it home a little bit more. This means the one who plants is not anybody special, nor the one who waters, for God is the one who brings the what? Supernatural growth. I love that word supernatural growth. There's a connection between the planter, which we can call the sower. There's a connection between the sower and kingdom culture. There's no need to water if there's no seed in there. So we need the sower, right? The evangelist is irreplaceable. You can't water it. You can water ground all day. Ain't nothing going to grow if nobody plant no seed, right? Sowing won't profit, though, as it should without what? Without a culture that can do what? Water that seed, which positions that seed to experience increase. Increase from where? Directly from Yahweh. Supernatural growth from Yahweh. If, that, if the evangelist is not in place, if the culture is not in place, what happens to that individual? He does, they do not grow. And, and one thing that I'll say is this, is an immature Christian is not much different than a, um, a sinner who's never been saved. A Christian without maturity is pretty much like a sinner without salvation, almost. They just don't do it as much. They still do everything the sinner does. They just don't do it as much. Amen? And they feel bad after it, but they, it don't stop them from doing it, right? So what we got to understand is sowing seeds sets men up for God to do what? Place his hand on them. Place his hand on them. Right? So with that being said, I want to go into what I want to share with you today. And this is, we're going to go into ultimately some techniques and things of that nature But I want us to have the heart and the mind to go forth as um, an evangelical force. So I'm going to go to Mark chapter number, I believe it is four, Mark chapter four. Mark chapter four, and we're going to read this parable of the sores. Very familiar text, um, but we're going to read it with an evangelical lens, and um, kind of share some some things about that that the Lord is calling us into as evangelists, as those who are the evangelical um, expression of the hand of God of fivefold ministry. Um, Mark chapter four, verse number one. Um would somebody get, could is anybody that can read that loud? Do we have an extra mic we can give somebody? And he began again. Great.
1: hearken, Behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some hundred.
0: All right, let's stop right there. Now, I want to go back to, and thank you so much, um, to that first verse number three. I want us to notice this because this is now the mindset of the evangelist. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. As an evangelist, as an evangelical expression in the church, we must be a sower that goes out to sow, that goes out to plant. When we go to work, we're not just going to work to get a paycheck. We're going out to sow kingdom seed. When we go to the grocery store, we're not just going to pick up our groceries. We're going out to sow kingdom seed. When we go to the family reunion, we're not just going to hang out with our family. We're going out to sow what? Kingdom seed. Amen. If we're going to be a, a sower, does what? Goes out to so? When I'm going out anywhere, sowing can always be possible. It's, it's not something that I have to necessarily Focus on, I get that heart posture, and it'll flow naturally. So so we have to rewire ourselves to understand that a sower goes out to sow. Amen? That's the first thing about it. Uh, Wherever we go, whatever we're doing, establishing the kingdom necessitates having full-time sowers. Establishing the kingdom necessitates having full-time sowers. Amen? Amen? How how many seats are filled in this church hinges on the sowers who go out to sow. Everybody sows. Uh, an apostle will sow, a prophet will sow, a teacher will sow, but an evangelist goes out to sow. That's just what they do. That's so key that we understand that because we're shifting gears a little bit. We've been laid back, but now I need you to go out to sow, right? What's the key about that? And why don't we do that? The key is this. You're sowing seed, not giving a sermon. I need y'all to understand A lot of times, you know why we don't evangelize people? Because we feel like we got to give them a sermon. You do not have to give them a sermon. You're sowing a seed. You're not giving a sermon. You don't have to feel pressure to give a sermon just sow a seed. That's it. When farmers sow a seed, when they do that, what do they do? They cast that seed in an area and they keep on moving. They just throw it there. They might be there for five seconds. They just cast that seed and they keep going. They cast more seed and they keep going. They cast more seed and they keep moving. They don't stand over the seed they sown to make sure that seed does what they want it to do. For they recognize what? That there's other ground that's open to seed. You ought to recognize. We don't sit around one person and, and see how they respond to the word. We just sow a seed. Amen. We just, we just sow kingdom into them. Amen. That, and, and, and see, what one thing about it is this. We don't even have to give them a whole sermon. We can just give them a nugget. You know what the apostles or the, 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 the church of Acts built their church on? They built their church on the apostles' doctrine. You can give a snippet. Amen. It don't have to be Romans Road. It, don't ha- it, it, it could be a kingdom nugget. Why? Because anything of the kingdom gives life. Man, I never saw it like that. Man, I, I never knew it was like that. What are some of the kingdom seeds that we have that we could just sow? You, I mean, you can just, saw, what do you mean, so? You just, man, look, man, I want to share something with you. It blessed my heart so much. The, you know what, uh, Jeremiah 29 and 11, we was going over that. It said that the Lord will give you an expected end. He knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you, thoughts of good and not evil, to give you an expected end. Uh, we have the ability to control our end by what we expect. Some of you, see, do you realize if you expect to have the bad day, guess what? That's going to be your end. You controlled it. Now, tell me how many people you know that if you just sow that seed, you ain't got to do nothing else. Just bam, sow that seed. Is that going to catch something? You better believe it's going to catch something. Why? Because that's life. It's like, dog, I never thought about it like that. What if you start changing what you expected? Right? What did I just do? Sow a seed. I don't have to give an opening. I don't have to give three points. I don't have to give a benediction. I could just bam, throw the seed. And I can keep it moving. Amen? What's another one? What's the kingdom seed? All things work together for for the good of them that love God. Right? Do you know that all things work together for the good of them that love God? To those who are called according to his purpose? Now for me, I'm going to sow the kingdom seed of verse 29. For those he foreknew, did he predestinate to be conformed into the image of his son? Right? So did you understand that your destiny is actually an identity? That, is, that God is not taking you to a place. He's making you a person. So sometimes he'll take you to a place you don't like because it ain't about the place. It's about the person he's trying to make you. Do you understand that's exactly what I sold in the life of James who was on the way now that made him say, man, I need to hear more. I just threw that seed and I kept on moving. And the next time he saw me, he said, man, that I'm still thinking about that. Bam, and you keep it moving, right? And, and evangel- as an evangelist, as a sower, your assignment is to sow seed daily, not to nurture it or make sure it grows, because you gotta keep sowing, right? You don't have to babysit the seed, you keep throwing the seed, you keep sowing the seed, you keep throwing the seed, you keep thaw- um, sowing the seed. That's, that's, as an evangelist, what you're called to do. And guess what? You don't ever have to worry about running out of seed. Amen? Every time... See, for for us, for some people it's a sermon, but for the evangelist I got a seed. For some people it's a teaching, but for the evangelist I got some seed. Amen? I got some seed to sow into somebody's life. Amen? Everybody say, keep on sowing. Don't ever stop sowing. Right? That's number one. Now, I want to show you something about about harvest and about what the Lord is saying about harvest that's so, so, so important. Um, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 35. All right. I can see it today. Bless his name. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 35, it says, And Jesus went out about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Verse 36, But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, what? Having no shepherd, that's key. As sheep having no shepherd. Verse number 37, when somebody read that loudly. Verse 38. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. 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 That's good. Um, It says, pray ye therefore that God would send forth laborers into the harvest that has already been brought in. I need y'all to pay attention to that verse because we use that verse to to go out and get the harvest when when actually that was a harvest that had already been brought in. He wasn't praying, pray for people to bring in the harvest. He was saying, pray for laborers for the harvest. I'm trying to help you understand the difference between confession and culture. He wasn't saying, pray for people to bring in the harvest. He He was saying, pray for laborers for the harvest. Why? Because these people were already the harvest, and multitudes were drawn to him. They were already drawn. The harvest had already come. They were already attracted to Jesus. Evangelism had already been what? Effective. When he says this, evangelism had already been effective, because what does evangelist do? Brings you to Jesus, right? They didn't need an evangelist. They needed a laborer. There's a difference for the harvest that had already been drawn. Evangelists draw the harvest. Laborers mature the harvest. But they work together. Right? Evangelists draw the harvest. Laborers mature the harvest. As evangelists. See, this is what you got to understand. Your assignment is to draw the harvest into a culture where they come under shepherds. Apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers, right? So they won't be as sheep without a shepherd. So they won't be as sheep. He said they are, they are like what? Sheep without, in other words, they want to follow me. But they don't have any but laborers to bring them into maturity so they can walk with me. They're like sheep without a shepherd, right? So they won't be sheep without a shepherd even though they're drawn. They're drawn to me, but they're still like sheep without a shepherd unless we bring them into the culture. I need laborers. Uh, As I said before, a sheep without a shepherd looks a lot like a sinner without salvation. It's hard to tell the difference. Amen. A sheep without a shepherd looks a lot like a sinner without salvation. It's not enough to get a confession, but more so to plug them into a culture. That's why I'm already having cards made to each church. Right? I'm, ha- I'm having cards, informational cards for each church made, that as you go out to sow, you can give them one of those informational, invitational cards. Right? Because we're, it's not enough for the, us to just be like, "Man, that was a blessing." We need to get them into the culture. We need to get them under shepherds. We need to get them to sit within that culture and be impacted by it. And that's the assignment of the evangelist. Right? Con- it's, it's not a, just about confession. We must plug them into culture. Confession must in lead into culture. Being plugged into that culture. I don't care what nobody say. A believer outside of a kingdom culture will look more like a sinner than they do a believer. I don't care what nobody, at the end of the day, you're going to have the same struggles, you're going to have the same uh, um, um, iniquities, you're going to have the same, you're going to still be living carnal, you're going to be in compromise, and there'll be no light that make you different than anybody else. You need a culture to do that. You need a a kingdom culture that you're within. So I want to point out a few things about sowing, why it's so important. There's stuff in you that hits you, and it brings life. Every, every message, there's like parts of the message that are great, but then there's other parts that just ch- it does something to you. Anybody ever been there? Right? It's like, man, the whole message is good, but this part right there? And then I be like, well, what you got out of it? And then they say the part that I didn't think was that big. I was like, no, well, what about this? It's like, well, no, that's what did it for me. Huh? Right? And it used to be something I don't even remember saying. And the part I planned to say, that didn't touch you? It touched me. You know? Amen. But it's each his it's its own. But guess what that becomes to you? Because that's your heart. That's a seed. See, when you say that to somebody, they're going to feel it. Because you feel it. Amen. That's life to you. You got seed to sow. Amen. I think we have, to, we have to desystemize evangelism. All right, when you walk up to somebody, say this, this, and this, right? And, no, 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 sow a seed. Jesus didn't say that. He said sow a kingdom seed. Amen? All right, I want you to notice something. Notice Mark 4 and 4. And, and it says in Mark 4 and 4, Some, when, you, when, that, when you sow seed, when you evangelize, right? Some fell by the wayside. Y'all see that? Mark 4 and 5. It says some fell on stony ground. Right? Mark 4 and 7 says what? Some fell among thorns. And Mark 4 and 8 says some fell on good ground. That should be good news to you because the seed, the sower's sow, right? The proclamation of the gospel of the kingdom out of the mouth of the evangelist falls on the wayside, falls on the stony ground, falls on among the thorns, and falls on what? The good ground. Why is that so important to point out? And why should that motivate you and me to evangelize? The seed, if sown, will always land on something. That's the point I need you to get out of that. It's going to hit something. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to land on something. The seed will always hit the person it's sown into inwardly every time. It don't matter if, it, if it's stony, it's still going to hit them. If, 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 if it's among the wayside, it's still going to hit them. You can't sow it without it hitting them. It's going to land on something, and it's going to stay there for a while irregardless if you sow it's hitting something that's what you got to understand see a lot of people don't understand it but Brian sowed a seed into Mario downtown Mario down there trying to get drinks and hang out with his boys Brian happened to be down there I never asked Brian why he was down there maybe after tonight we're going to find out why you were down there (laughs) I never got an explanation for that yet (laughs) (laughs) hopefully you didn't have the corona (laughs) I'm just (laughs) and without the 19 (laughs) yeah right but what happened was this what happened was he began to minister to Mario about the kingdom and you know what he did he invited Mario to church right Ma and he need- and Mario didn't come right away. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Didn't you talk to him again or did he just decide to come? I had his number and I asked him when when time passed by and talked to him or anything like
2: that. I just gave him calls to check on something. So he, he was like, Yeah, he yeah, and my wife come. You know, we're trying to meet
0: his wife over at the same time. We probably need a microphone, don't we? I'm sorry. Hold that. Yeah, let's keep one on let's keep one in the middle too. Y'all keep that one. Let's put one in the middle for everybody. Is it on? It's on. I thought, I thought on. My bad. Yeah.
2: Okay, what about now? Yeah. one two? Yeah. one, two, one, yeah. two? No, no, no. But uh, Mario, uh, like you said, he didn't come at first, but he had used the opportunity to speak with his wife about it, and it, about a week passed by, and then he came.
0: About a week. He didn't come right away. But what happened? He was a sore and he went out to what? So now Mario got drinks, Mario hanging out, but guess what? what he sold did what? Landed on something. Landed on something, right? And now you can't keep that boy out of church. He came in and God moved in his life. He said, It was the first time I ever cried, my wife ever seen me cry, was when I came into the see he did the sewing, but then Mario came into the culture. And he said, that night, you was just doing prayer. You didn't preach. And then I was like, you said something. To me, it didn't seem like a big deal. Because I'm like, we ain't come here to entertain nobody. We're going to pray. And then as soon as you said that, I looked at my wife with big eyes. And my wife looked at me and said, oh, my God, this is real. And then he said, Pastor, I ain't going to lie to you. I was, he said, when I heard your voice, I knew you was the pastor. I said, that's him. And he said, I was scared to come up to the, to the altar. Because I knew if I came up, I was going to have to leave some stuff. He said I came up to the altar and I began to cry. I, I had never cried in front of my wife before in my life and I could not stop crying in front of my wife and he said literally when me and my wife got back in the car I had to use, we had to use the GPS to get back home because God had so messed us up. I'm I, I'm from I'm in Darlington trying to get home from Florence and I didn't know which way to turn because the spirit of God had came in. But what's the connection? If there's never a seed, he never gets to that water and you God never can bring that that increase in other words something supernatural hit him when he came through the doors but that supernatural would have never hit him without an of a... now nobody can take credit for the condition he's in now god just came in and brought increase would that always happen no we're gonna talk about that in a minute amen but it's key to understand the connection that he would have never been there. What if there are people right now that that would happen to if we brought them? What if they're not saved because they're not getting a sower that come and sow them a seed? Amen. Ain't that something to think about? We can actually say that's not a what if. That's actually the truth. That's a reality right now. Amen. Amen. So so we got to understand that if we sow a seed, no matter who we sow it into, it's always going to land on what? Something. Why? Because every man, woman, boy, and girl was created for the kingdom. They were created to be under the lordship of their king. There's something inside of them it resonates with. No matter how they do what? Respond. So why do you need, as an evangelist, to sow to go out to sow every single time? Because every time you sow, everybody say every time. Every time, every time you sow, it lands on someone's life and impacts them irregardless. Every time you sow, it lands on somebody's life. and it, That hard-headed joker that you talk to and say, whatever, it landed on something. Yeah. That individual that argued back with you every time you give them a word, it landed on something. Yeah. That hard-headed boy that you caught outside the club, the strip club, that got sober but then decided I'm going to drink again tomorrow. I wish they could see me now so I could tell them what you said landed on something. A part of, a, they are a part of my story. A part of the redemption that I entered into was because of them. Amen. I knew God was real because you can't get sober that fast. Coffee don't do that. There's something else. Amen? Something else. But that was a sower going out to sow. How many evangelists do you know got enough faith to go up to a group of of young boys that have snuck into the strip club, come out drunk, and sow into them, see them drunk, sow into them, and make them get in the circle and pray? Them jokers snickering. I'm about to slap somebody. I'm like, dude, you better quit playing with God. This is God. (laughs) This is God. I felt it. Like, man, We've been drinking all night. You feel this? Hallelujah. Amen. They're, a part, of, they're a part of my story. Amen. Of who I am to the fruit that I bear goes to their account. They got a reward. Amen? And so so that's that that's key. All right. Mark chapter four. Verse um, number 14. Uh, as a matter of fact, before we move on, any questions, any comments, any concerns uh, right now? Anybody got any questions about anything, comments about anything, perspectives about anything that was shared up to this point? Speak now. Shoot. Shelby, you had something? Okay, I thought you were raising your hand. I was about to say you don't count. You're in the box. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. You can can say something, too. Amen. All right, Mark chapter 4, verse 14. Watch this. Watch what God says. The sower soweth what? The word. word. See, this is what we got to understand. I said it earlier, but I want to reemphasize it. Every week. When we come into worship and you hear the gospel of the kingdom proclaimed from an apostolic anointing, you as an evangelist are given seed to go out and sow. You can't. The sower does what? Sow the word. Amen? Sow the word. Not just a specific word. The word. Amen? You are not. This is so key to understand. You are not. Limited to sowing the get saved seed. You are not limited to sowing the get get saved seed. You can sow whatever seed you receive. And if it takes. Glory be to God. If it gets in that ground. It will bring forth fruit. 30, 60, and 10fold. It might not have been about being saved. But it will lead to them getting saved. It'll bring forth fruit bigger than it, thirty sixty, and one hundred fold so one of those folds got salvation in it, so you got to understand that we're not limited don't get me wrong there's times where you need to give the, the repent word and, and 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 the faith word, but sometimes it's just a seed that will put them in a position to hear the repent word and 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 the turn and faith toward Jesus word. amen, sometimes it's the gospel of the kingdom and so 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 now what happens is is Jesus gives a woman a word about forgiveness from adultery. You know he gave a word when he was writing in the dirt. That was the word moving. That was the word in action. He was speaking by his actions. He was the word of God. He who was without sin, let him do what? Cast the first stone. And everybody dropped their stones and went away. And he said this to that woman. He said, now go and do what? He didn't say that at first. He gave her the gospel first. What was the gospel? The gospel of forgiveness. The glory be to God. The gospel of of mercy triumphing over judgment. And then he said, now go and sin no more. You think she received that word? Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. So you 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 are a sower that goes out to do what? So, right? That's key. That's key. Um, I'm going to move on. If no questions or comments, Mark chapter 4, verse 15. And these are they by the wayside. Now he's breaking down the different grounds. Where the word is sown, but when they have heard it, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their what? See, this is what I want you to understand so you don't get discouraged, and I'm, and I'm going somewhere with this. We must understand as evangelists how sowing works so we won't get frustrated and begin to pick and choose who we think will receive what we're saying. This is so key. The, there are people who we will sow into. There are people who we will evangelize, we will sow the gospel into it, and it will seem as if they didn't hear a word we said based off of their actions and their mentality immediately following the days from which we sowed that seed into their life. Anybody ever ministered to somebody and said they didn't hear a word that I said? But guess what the Bible says? It's not that they didn't hear a word that they said, didn't nothing touch them. The Bible says it lands, It just lands on wayside ground. Is that what the Bible says? And when it lands on wayside ground, the enemy recognizes that it's so dangerous, it has so much potential, that he takes the opportunity... To move in and take it out of their heart before they can understand it. Because if they can understand it, it's going to change them. And so you look at them next week and say, man, they ain't listening to nothing I said. But, but what you sold was a powerful enough to completely change their life where Satan shows up personally. While they're still trying to understand what you said with their mind and takes it from their heart. Amen. And so we got to understand that. Don't get discouraged, and when it seems as if ministry is not impacting them, it is. What what point do I need to say? What two words? Keep sewing. Right, keep sewing. Mm-hmm. Take your time.
3: Test.
4: You. I was saying, I have a few coworkers at my job, and I'm constantly like throwing seeds, and it's like. It's like they come back with more seeds all the time, mm-hmm. and I always have the seeds for them. But it's like, like how you were saying about it falling by the wayside. Um, even though I, I understand now that it hit their heart, that's why they come back. But um, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I guess, I just want to know what can I do, you know, more than you know what I'm saying, so that it can, it can actually come in because mm-hmm. they they're always coming back for more, mm-hmm. but I mean, they don't come to church. Right,
0: um, that's that's gonna be that missing piece. When they come back, continue to invite them, look, you know where I'm getting this from, right? right. right. You, you understand, you keep coming to me, but you don't understand, you know where I'm getting this from. Right. Right. I need you to come and experience it for yourself. I promise you, it'll be what you need. Okay. You know, just as simple as that, because that's all they're missing is culture. They need to get in the culture and the atmosphere of that thing. Okay. Especially if they keep coming back, they probably got a kingdom bend. Okay. Amen? And so do that, you know, um, and they will. Okay. They'll, they'll come because you have enough influence over them to understand. If they're listening to what you tell them about their life, they'll let you give them instruction about something they need to do, their action. Okay. Okay. Amen.
5: Hmm.
6: On, on the same thing, what Preston was saying, I, I got one on the job that with me, mm-hmm. and I was ministering to her, ministering to her, and, and like you say, that, you know, that the enemy will come in and snatch it from their heart before it take effect. I mean, and it got so bad to the point that she went to Lady Merritt on me and tried to tell Lady Merritt I'm trying to force her to come to church. You know, but it wasn't. I don't think it was so much of that. I think it was more of the way the way she was into herself and her, you know, her feelings, and trying to keep everybody away from her. And she don't mess with this person or mess with that person because of what she had and been through. You know what I'm saying? I think it was a lot of that. And she still comes and talks to me and tell me I'm an inspiration to her. But just like precious say. I don't mention nothing else to her about coming to church, and she just told me today that she just got her own vehicle. She gonna start back going to church, but she's looking at some guy, um, Mr. Capers that used to work at some Southside on mm-hmm. the on the um on YouTube all the time. So you know, it's just a matter of time. And I be wanting to say, well, when you gonna come to our church? But I just don't say nothing. So you know. How do you deal with something like that? You know what I'm saying yeah those 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 type of cases
0: are rare. You get them one in a hundred maybe. Usually, if somebody's coming to you to deal with their heart, their thinking, then they'll they'll listen to you and say, "Look, you need to come over because it's going to be a blessing to you. you're going to get some some of the things that you're coming to me for you can you can you can come in this environment. And I'm telling you to bless you and it'll be it'll be something that that'll really get you get you rooted you know that that's going to be the average person cases like that you sown that seed too you sowed the seed of invitation she'll come she'll come in in time and if not and everybody ain't going to come in our culture too but if they don't come in our culture at least they'll go somewhere Amen. We saw in that seed to help them to understand. See, we're living in a day and an age where there, there, is a, there is a strong attack on the gathering of the saints. This whole social distancing thing, this whole coronavirus thing, um, people already were, were not faithful in church. You go kind of when you feel like it, if I, and you don't when you don't. There, there was really a lot of accountability being lost from the area of church. There's a lot of people that will not ever go to church again, not to a public gathering. They, they ain't going back. There's people who ain't, who ain't, you know, they start out watching online, they ain't even watching online like that, you know, as much anymore. So there is a, 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 a group of people that are being
5: um,
0: falling away and so forth and so on. So it's important that we, we continue to help us understand it's important to gather It's important to gather, it's important to, to, that's that's important for culture. You need more than inspiration. You need, he came to give us life. He came to give us a certain way of life, a kingdom culture, and you do that with people. You do that with people. Amen? Uh Anybody else? Mm Mm-hmm.
7: A lot of times, even at my job, I don't believe that you can kind of talk about religion like that. But um, they know that I, you know, go to church and I serve the Lord, and they know what type of lifestyle I live. So instead of me going to them, saying, you you know, things about the Lord, when I talk in general, I speak about Jesus. And you will have, I have some friends that are, you know, like, even when they talking in general, I'll be like, um, you know, um, it's better to marry than burn. You know, I'm going to marry before I burn, you know, and stuff like that. And they'll kind of, you know, that word will fall on stony ground. But I leave them alone and let it marinate. And they'll come back to me maybe a week or two. And they'll start asking me, like, I want to be married. I'm like, yeah, God wants you to be married too. And that's my time to kind of personally interact with them about the Lord. Because on my job, religion, you can't really kind of like, everybody's not. uh.
0: Now, I would say this. If people are coming to you. You can tell them, look, if you're coming to me, don't come to me. I tell them, I'm a preacher. Don't come to the preacher unless you want a word. You better go to, you better call Dr. Field if you want something else. Right? So, so yeah, I know we don't talk about religion here, but if you want my help. If you're coming to me, you know what I'm saying, then I'm sowing that seed of that word. Amen? I'm sowing that seed of that word. I'm glad that James, how you doing? But, Oh, man, look, you good to go. we glad to have you. Man, look here. Don't even worry about that. You amongst family. You amongst family. These are some evangelists representate, um, that represent evangelism teams from Hartsville, from Florence and Darlington. And so, um, yeah, yep, so. Yeah. B. Scott. <laughs> yes, sir. So, um, you had a question?
4: I just wanted to um respond to Tasha because I'm at at my job we do this it's the same thing but um I I, I just don't care <laughs> I'm gonna bless the Lord I'm sorry but um <laughs> I have, when I talk to patients and stuff I'll just be like I'll say something like oh if they're starting to start talking about their problems or issues I'll be like oh it is well right so they catch my it is well you know then that opens the door for me to have that conversation with them. I'll say something, something like that. But most of the time, it, oh, well, it is well. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, it is well with my soul. And I'm like, yeah, now you're talking my language. Let's have a conversation type thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Try try that.
0: Definitely. And there's ways that you can give the word without necessarily quoting the scripture. You could just, there's wisdom that you could, there's just things that you can say. You know not to say Matthew 4 and 12 says. Look. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to necessarily say that, you can just give it. You're a seed sower. But it's key, um, and I, all of the questions and comments, those are great, uh, great points that, that are made. It's key that above all else, we keep doing what? We keep on sowing, we keep on sowing. There's examples of people everywhere that wouldn't be in the position they were had it not been for, the, the water doesn't matter if the planter doesn't come first. One man plants. So then another man can water, right? The confession, you get the confession through planning, you get the water through culture. You have to connect those who confess into a kingdom culture, and then God will do what? Bring the increase. He will grow, he'll bring supernatural growth to those men and women, but that growth never comes. It starts with the evangelist going out to sow, right? Now, I want to look at this, this next ground, and it's so key. Mark chapter 4, verse 18 and 19 and it says, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in, choke the word, and make it become unfruitful, right? Right? Some men and women are evangelized while they're dealing with situations, they're dealing with trials, and they're dealing with circumstances, right? If you notice, we've, it's, that's why it's turned so much into a circumstantial gospel. And they, Why? We try to preach the gospel from a situation-circumstance standpoint because it's so easy. If somebody's in a situation or circumstance, to give them the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, and, but what happens is, as soon as that situation gets better, as soon as that whatever they're dealing with gets better, what happens to them? They get what? Missing. Why? Why? Because it wasn't about the kingdom for them, but it was about what they cared about. They got resolved what they cared about, and they moved on. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of things entering in. Does that mean we don't sow? No, it does not at all, because you don't know what type of person you're sowing into. You don't know if that's a, wayside, a wayside-hearted man. You don't know if that is a stony-ground-hearted man. You don't know if that's a, a man, that, a, a weedy-hearted man. All you know is that's a man or a woman, and I'm a seed sower That's ground that has the potential to receive seed, and irregardless, it hit them, right? It always hit them, right? Now, then Mark 4 and 20 goes on to say, and did we do the root? We didn't do the root, did we? I'm so sorry, we skipped that. Let me go back to that. Mark chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Will somebody read that for me? And you get the mic. If you're going to read it, just kind of raise your hand so somebody can give you one of the mics. We got them in three places.
4: And these are they. Likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no roots in themselves, and so endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately
0: they are offended. Right. Immediately. Immediately. Uh, ultimately when persecution arises for the word's sake immediately are offended stony ground individuals are people you will sow into the gospel you sow the gospel into the kingdom and they will receive it that's key they'll receive it they'll they'll respond to your ministry and maybe even come to church with you a few times but look what it says they have no you can't get rooted unless you first get planted That's so important. You can't get rooted until you first get planted. These are people who visit the church but never get planted in the church. I want you all to understand that. They never get planted in the culture. Therefore, they have no roots. You can't be rooted unless you... It goes back to the point that evangelism must move beyond us just getting a confession but also plugging people into a culture. I always go back to, and 3,000 souls were added to the... It wasn't 3,000 souls just confessed Jesus. They were added to the culture called the church. And they daily broke bread from house to house and now learned the apostles' doctrine. They entered into a culture that cultivated that confession, amen? Confession without culture will always lead to backsliding. You need to be planted in a culture and so we must focus on not just getting people, and I know we always talk about just getting people into the church, and it ain't just about getting people in the church, but when that church is actually a culture, we need to get people into that culture. Amen? So the, it, it's, you know, this stony ground kind of backs up the point of the importance of the evangelist plugging men and women into the community, the culture of the saints, Amen? It says, it goes on to say, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are what? They are offended. Anytime something comes up, they are dealing with an issue, fighting with something, the first thing they disengage with is what? The community, the culture. they don't have any root there so if I gotta if I'm dealing with something the first place I'm gonna give up with or the first thing that's gonna go on the shelf is the is the church I ain't going to church I ain't whatever right if they come and go you don't fail as an evangelist please understand that if you sow into somebody's life they come and they go you didn't fail as a sower and the culture didn't fail them some people just won't have any what root right now some people won't have a root right away that's gonna have a root how many know gabriel right gabriel sharper you know when he first came to the to the ministry i actually taught him came full circle when i evangel you know um, when i ministered to him he would come to church and then you might not see him for two weeks and then he he would come to church again a couple times, and you might not see him for a month. But guess where he at now? Every he wh- what does he have now? Roots. So you don't know. You don't know. You just got We just gotta sow and keep living the life of our culture. You can't judge a book by its cover. You don't know. For some people, they get it slower than others. We just be consistent in who we are. Amen. We just be consistent in who we are, and it's, it's so very very imperative. See, when I was when I was, that's the first thing that got me into ministry was evangelism. I loved it. I, we used to go to the club and evangelize the people when they were getting out their car to get in line. I loved it. I remember uh, ministering to an Indian man with a backpack full of alcohol one, one time. I would just go out, minister to him. He was walking past the park in the afternoon. I would just go out sometimes and find people. So I began to minister to him. He looked me in my eyes and he told me, he said, oh, you want to talk to, about Jesus with me? I'm telling you right now, he opened up, he took his backpack off, opened it up, he said, look, I got a, a bag full of alcohol, and I'm going to drink all my alcohol. Now, you can talk to me if you want to, but, man, I'm telling you right now, I'm drinking, I'm, I ain't going to stop, and I'm going to drink everything in this book bag. So then we sat on the side. He sat on the bench, I sat, on, um, sat beside him, and I began to talk. About 30, 45 minutes in the conversation, he said, man, I feel something. He began to tear up. And he began to then, he, he got his book bag, the same book bag he told me, he opened it up, opened up every bottle and poured it out, poured it out. And, and asked, then asked me with tears in eyes, pray for me. Right? It's the power of evangelism. It was a seed sown. Now, I didn't understand culture then. I didn't really plug them in the culture of the church. I just walked away from the experience like, yeah, get him, Jesus. You know, I, I just walked away. I'm like, man, this is amazing, right? There was one time I was riding down the road because when you really tap into sewing, the spirit of God will speak to you. There was a man sitting on the bench probably around six, seven, eight in the morning, and he had a brown bag drinking beer. God, God told me to tell him, said, go over to him. I, I passed by him. He was at the bus, bus um, stop. Go back to him, tell him I love him and that I'm going to work it out. And I, so I told him that. Man, he be getting the ball. He said, you just don't understand it, man. I just got kicked out of my house. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know where my children are going to go, but we got to go somewhere. And so he was then open to the what? Gospel, so I could sow into his life. These types of things were happening all of the time. Because I was at that point, I'm, a, I'm trying to find anybody and everybody. I'm talking, man, look here. Yo, my wife, ask my wife. We go to Burger King. She's like, oh, God. Can we just get our Whoppers this time? No, no, ma'am. Look, you're taking my order. you getting this. I'm sowing a seed. And so, you know, it's just, it's just that. It was just witnessing. And so, man, you know, Life Center, you know, uh, Bishop Moore, they loved it. Because, man, every time we had church, there was new faces in there. You know what I'm saying? There was, some of them would come. I wish I would have known what I know now. I would have got everybody. But there were people that would, where your church at? Oh, come on, yeah, you can come to our church. So then they put me on the national evangelism. So we had our, um, our um, convocation in Atlanta, downtown Atlanta. So they now got me a van with the evangelists. We would go out in the streets, in the hood, evangelize, get a van full of folk, bring them to, the, bring them to convocation. So they, you know what I'm saying, just stuff like that. I loved it. That's what was what drove me in the ministry. I love to see the word of God just touch people's lives. So I, I, I want you to understand that to say I'm not just just um, speaking and trying to teach theory. This is a part of my heart. I know churches don't grow without evangelists. Not like they're supposed to. Because you, you, you just rely on the pulpit gift. Right? And that, that's not the way it's supposed to. They're supposed to be uh, evangelists as part of a five-fold ministry helping to expose men and women to the kingdom. Amen? And so I, I need you to understand that, that I'm not just trying to teach out a theory. I got a lot of church. Ask Lady Mary. We couldn't go nowhere. Man, I'm getting you. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're Hispanic. If you speak a little bit of English, you're getting this gospel. You're getting it. Amen? I was so passionate, and people can feel your passion. So I, I worked at the elementary school. At the elementary school, we had to be at the school at 720 because school started at 730, and the kids were out by 230. It was early. I was so passionate that I started a Bible study at 6 a.m. for, the, for my coworkers. Do you know we, I had anywhere between 15 to 25 people showing up at 6 a.m.? It wasn't because I was, man, I'm passionate about it. And you can feel it. If you got it, people feel it. They feel it. You're not, they're not just touched by your words. They're touched by your heart. It's flowing from a heart that that wants people to get this thing. Amen. That was probably my funnest thing to do. (laughs) Sometimes I was like, God, why you just didn't leave me there? You know, let somebody else worry about passing and doing other stuff. Let me have some fun. Right, And he kind of shifted me. But that, I'm, I'm just helping you understand that this is kind of a heart for me. This, I'm not just speaking theory. I know this, these things to be true. Amen? Mark chapter 4, verse number 20. Um, w- would somebody read that for me? Yes.
3: And these are they which are which sown on good grounds, such as heard the word and received it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold,
0: some sixtyfold, and some a hundredfold. Y'all see that? And then there's one that, so we had the stony ground um, that had no root. We had the wayside ground that didn't understand Satan came and take it, took it away. You had the weedy ground in which the cares of this life choke it and make it unfruitful. Then you have the good ground that brings forth fruit 30, 60 and 100 fold So according to Scripture, if we look at numbers, one in every four people, twenty-five percent, twenty-five out of every hundred people will respond to your sowing as an evangelist to the point that they will get planted in a kingdom community and actually bring forth fruit. That's what you got to understand you have to go through 75 to get to the 25. You got to be willing. We'll never get the 25% remnant without going through the 75% that are not going to do it. And me and you can't know, you, me and you do not know who they are. See, our problem is we want to just talk to the 25%. And some of the 25% look like the 75%. They're the ones you hear them cursing out their wife. They're the ones you see them, you know, with, with uh, um, tattoos up and down and drug marks in their arm. But when you sold the gospel of the kingdom, there's, some, there's a way that they respond. That everybody around you. Have you ever been somewhere and the word hits you in a way and you look at and you're like, man, this thing is so good. And you look around, it's like, man, why y'all ain't, do y'all hear what's being said? What in the world? Why? Right, because you're part of the 20, it just hits you different. The word just hits you different when you're part of the 25%, right? And so we must understand that, that there was only 25%. What did they do? Now, it wasn't just they responded to the gospel. The Bible says they brought forth fruit. If they brought forth fruit, they had to get what? Planted. They had to get planted and rooted. You can't bring forth fruit without getting planted and rooted. Amen. What does it mean? Now, I want to talk about this, too. Um, so, you and before I go there, let me just come back. I, I, I think I need to reemphasize this. You got to sow to everybody. Sow into every, we'll never get to the 25% if we don't sow to everybody. We don't know who they are. They don't look like they are going to get saved sometimes. Man, there's some people in our church right now. I'm like, man, when they first came, I said, oh, they ain't going to make it, God. There ain't, ain't no way they're going to make it. They're going to make it in this case. You know what I'm saying? Because you think you know. Amen. But man looks on the outward appearance. I learned a long time ago to stop doing that. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. I love it because it's like the business. You know, in, in business, when you're trying to build a business in, in life insurance, man, a lot of people don't last in life insurance. But you don't know who will until you offer it to Everybody. Right? Everybody don't wanna do business with you, but you don't know who will until you try to do business with what? Everybody. It's a numbers thing. If you if you just trying to find the ones that'll do business with you, you'll never do good in that business. You just gotta give it to I'm just gonna sort it out here. Take it or leave it. Right? And then some people you think are gonna tell you no be like yeah. And some people you think gonna tell you yeah, tell you what? No. You just got to do what? Sow. You got to sow. Man. Amen? To bear fruit means to be able, you know what it means to bear fruit? It's so powerful. To bear fruit means to reproduce the redemption released in the li- your life into other people's lives. I'm going to say that again, because we don't understand what it means to bear fruit. That means we just walk around saying, oh, I'm saved. No, 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 no. The seed of the fruit is multiplied. The seed in the fruit is multiplied from the seed that was sown. It was one seed sown, but in every piece of fruit, there's multiple seeds. In other words, the potential to reproduce my redemption on mass levels. When a man or woman bears fruit, they have the ability to re- reproduce the redemption they receive. To bear fruit goes back to the Genesis mandate. You know what the Genesis mandate is? When he's saying they shall bear fruit thirty-six and one-hundred-fold, that's the Genesis man mandate. Be fruitful in what? It's the same thing. God ain't changed his program. You, are, are you, are me and you really saved? Guess what we can do? Reproduce it. We can bear fruit. 30, 60, and what? 100 fold. That's so important that we, we understand that. Pe- men and women of God who bear fruit become multipliers of the gospel of the kingdom. Right? Those who expand the kingdom by way of bearing fruit from the seed sown by the evangelists. This is the key. A, a seed sower is willing to sow 100 seeds to get 25. You, there's co-workers you're going to look at and say they ain't going to never go to church. Sow it anyway. They ain't going to never let sow it anyway. You're going to be surprised. You're going to be surprised at what you see. Because it's God that, that moves upon that seed. Amen. it's God that moves upon that seed. Amen we cannot discriminate who we evangelize if you're an evangelist you cannot discriminate amen god is not just going to send you to people that fit you see our problem is we want somebody with our background so we can tell them our testimony and so then we can you know what i'm saying so i i you know i i've been on drugs so i want to find people on drugs you know i i, I you know i was abused in a marriage so I want to find and minister to people abused in a marriage that's not how this works you just so seed. you don't run around just telling your testimony although your testimony is important you can see that in scripture because Paul is a scholar he came up in the greatest I mean in the most prolific educational system that Israel had to offer There were literally only a few theological teachers considered to be at a higher level than Paul simply because of Paul's age. Amen. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He he was the greatest. And then you have Peter, who was completely uneducated. He is a fisherman um, um, with with not much education. He has a, a, a temper issue. You know why people usually have temper issues? Because they don't have a lot of vocabulary. I ain't gonna sit there and talk to you. I ain't ain't a good talker, but I'm a good puncher. (laughs) You ain't gonna talk long, but I'm a swing, right? Usually people with short tempers, they're not good exchangers socially. That's why they got the temper they got, because they know they can't come back with language, but they can come back with a fist, right? Peter wasn't good with words. What does God do? He takes Paul who can now theologically teach those who have a background in Jewish history and sends them to the Gentiles. So all of that educational background really doesn't mean nothing. He takes Paul who's more like a barbarian. And sends him to the people that have outstudied him by years. Right? Because it's going to be God with them. Amen. More so than it is going to be me relying on my history, me relying on my background. The word does it. Sow the seed. Amen. And keep on moving. Are there... Anybody have any questions? Anybody have any um, comments? Anything you want to add? Yes, sir. Uh, Get, a Get a mic.
8: Thank you. Um, sometimes when you, I know when you sow a seed, like you said, it doesn't uh, doesn't resonate be somebody else later on in life that will will help Um, and I've I've found that I've, certain people can't reach certain people Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, like you said, I've experienced that where uh, there was a timid guy, we were doing street ministry and I was like um, and he was ministering to a prostitute and some other people that were there on the street and I really wanted to, to make, to go in and I'm a little bit more charismatic than, right. than him. He's real soft-spoken, and he's and it wasn't. I'm telling you, a half hour, all of them people were coming to the Lord. It was like four of them wow. that he had led to the Lord. And so, like you said, it's not. Uh, it's the power of when they get, you know, certain people that you wouldn't expect, right. uh, or you, you think that other people can't reach them. It's it's the Holy Spirit. It's just, I just wanted to add that. That's so awesome. And that's so true.
0: That's an awesome testimony. It's so true. And so you don't have to rely on, you don't have to look at a doctor and think the power of the gospel can't reach him because he studies stuff you've never studied. He knows names of, about the body parts that you don't know. That means nothing. The power of the gospel. There's power in it. Whether that's the, they don't have to look like you. Sound like you. Have your temperament. It's the power of the gospel. add
3: that um a lot of times when we get to minister in mm-hmm. groups of people mm-hmm. and a lot of time the one that's doing all the most talking and i oh, don't it ain't supposed to be like that it ain't supposed to be like that Ah, oh, you don't do that you don't do this and everybody else is just kind of listening wanting to hear but it's always that one that's paying the most attention that would always come back and say you know that. And that's right. that one that was the toughest one. Right. But God takes those hearts like that, right. And he, those are pure hearts to Him, right. and He turns around and uses it for His glory. And that's the kind; those are the kind that we think that's real tough and bad, and we walk up to them as you said, tattooed down, tatted it up, tatted and up. we look at, at them like, oh, you can't be saved. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, right. you can because in this hour, that's who he is drawing.
0: That's who he's drawing. The
3: one that the, the, he the church goes, go to church, but he's after those ones that never knew the gospel. Right. And the moment we throw these kingdom seeds out, it's something that they never heard before, but it draws their heart. It's God has, God deals with the heart of a man, not what we look at on the outward appearance that's of right. a man. That's right. And that's what God is drawing in these hours. That's right. That's good.
0: That's, that's such a great um, point, and that's so, so powerful, and it's so what it is, um, um, it's, it's so, so true. And so I, I need y'all to remember, and, and I'm, a, I'm gonna do a prayer of activation in one minute, and I need us to go out to sow. Right. Couple of things I wanna review real quick, and I want somebody to share, make sure you can pass the mic. What's the connection between confession and culture that we talked about? That, I just wanna do a quick review. What's the connection between confession and culture? Somebody get the mic and share it.
1: One without the other. Um, okay. if, if there's a confession, don't just stop there. You need to bring them into our culture. So invite <laughs> them to church um, so that, that seed can be
0: can Good, good. It, it, confession isn't enough. That's like a mama having a baby and then saying, okay, I did my job and I'm gone. And that baby is not gonna live by being able to raise itself by itself. That confession needs a culture to be plugged into. Where do we get that scripture from? First Corinthians, what? Three and one man plants or souls. Someone else waters. Then God comes and brings supernatural growth or increase. Where's the evangelist? Is he the planter, the waterer, or the increase? The planter. The The evangelist is the planter. What is the culture? The waterer. The culture is the water, the one who waters the plant. Once I get the confession, I bring them into the culture to add water to the seed i sown, and then God then comes in and brings what? Growth. Increase. That's important.
2: Uh, I had a situation happen today um, with one of my clients, actually. Uh, I probably signed her up uh, Thursday or Friday last week, Uh and um. She called today. She said that she needed to talk to somebody. She had some family issues going on, said she needed to talk to somebody, and she was looking to get in touch with this pastor, but couldn't get in in contact with him. Something was wrong with her phone and whatnot. But she, the phone finally came back on, everything working, and my number, the first number on there, my name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she called me. She's got a family issue, a lot of turmoil in her family, and I give her a seed. She starts crying. I asked her to come to church, and she said she want to come Wednesday. And I told her, you know, I said, do you got a ride? Do we need somebody to come get you? She said, no, I ain't got no ride. I said, well, we'll have somebody there to come get you. You know, uh-huh. we'll find somebody to come. And, That's you know, so she's awesome. an older lady. She's like 70 years old, trying to That's keep awesome. her family together. And I told her, the word that I gave her was, all things are working together for the good of them that love the Lord, that are called according to his purpose. I told, him, I told her to make sure the first thing that she needed to do stop. Get, get her, take her hands off her of family and make sure that she love God. Right. And he'll, he'll work all that other stuff out for the good. Come on. Right. You know, just focus on your personal relationship with God. And I said, man, come on. We, we got you. Come on in the church. It's in the house.
0: Amen. It's in the house. Amen. So that seed getting plugged in the culture, that's key, man. I'm telling you, that, that's so, so key. Um, and that's a great example. That's a great example. Remember we dealt with Matthew? Um, 35 verse uh, through 38, and that's a big one, that when, we, when we're dealing with co- evangelists and culture, um, it says "And Jesus went, I'm going to just read it a, a quick fast again, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people, go uh, verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was what? Moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no what verse 37 then saith he unto his disciples the harvest truly is plenteous but the laborers are few he's he he, notice he says send forth laborers into the what not send forth laborers to bring forth the harvest why the harvest had already come They were already attracted to Jesus. Multitudes, what's the job of the evangelist? Bring men and women to what? Jesus. So he needed laborers for the harvest. Laborers are different from evangelists. They mature the harvest. They don't bring it in. They mature what's brought in. And we have to understand there's a connection. When I evangelize and attract men and women to Jesus, I need, there's laborers. Otherwise, they'll be like sheep without what? They'll want to follow Jesus, but they'll be They'll be like sheep, but they don't have a shepherd to help mature them and bring them along. That's key that we understand that so we can pray and focus on making sure that we're not just getting confessions, but we're plugging men and women into culture, right? We we went to Mark 4, right? Mark 4 and 1. Why is that so important? What about that? And I just, um, I'll tell you what, go to verse number 2. What is that telling us? No, go to verse number 3. All right, yeah. What is that telling us about our call as evangelists? Uh, good, I heard of full-time sowers. A sower goes out to sow. Come on, that's good, too. We're getting it, but a seed always lands on something. That's very, very important. Right there in verse number three, as evangelists, what do we need to do? We need to go out. We don't just go to work. We go out to what? So we don't just go to the grocery store. We go out to what? So, amen, we don't just go to a family reunion, we go out to, as an evangelist, we throw seeds everywhere. Remember, we're not giving sermons, we're sowing seeds. We don't have to sit there and watch it the whole time. We sow a seed and trust the power of the gospel because there's other ground that needs seeds. So I don't have to sit there and watch it the whole time, but I'm constantly sowing seeds. I'm constantly throwing them out there, right? That's important. So you can go out and do that tomorrow. So uh, it might not be all day, it might be one point in the day. But you will, if you have that mindset, God will give you grace to sow those seeds on a daily basis. And you'll see a shifting in the community of the church. You'll see a harvest begin to be brought in. And then you can hand over that harvest to the laborers that can mature that harvest. Amen? That's so important that that we understand that. All right, go to to the next verse. Um, And I'm going to go back to Tracy's uh, point. He goes on to say some fell on um, stony ground, some fell on wayside ground, some fell on weeds, weedy ground, and some fell on good ground. The whole point is what? Right? Every time we sow the seed of the gospel, it what? It It lands on something. No man is not touched when we sow that gospel. Even if it's stony ground, it landed on something. Even if it's um, ground with weeds in it, it landed on something. Even if it's ground, um, um, wayside ground, it landed on something. N- never a time when we sow a seed. If it don't seem like they listened, if it don't seem like they heard it, if it don't even seem like they paid attention, even if they argued with you, guess what? It landed on something. <laughs> Every time. The gospel always lands on something. So you can be encouraged in that. Right? And, um... And the Bible then goes on to say, go back to verse number 14. What, is the, what was the point in this? Right? The sower soweth the what? Word. Right? You sow the gospel of the kingdom. Remember this. We don't, we're not just limited to sowing the get saved word. Right? We might sow some, another word that ultimately opens them up to surrender and get saved right, to repent of their sin, we went back to the woman caught in adultery in the act to kind of bring out that example, right? The woman that was caught in adultery, the the Lord, the first thing, what's the first gospel he gave her? The, The woman who got caught in adultery. What's the first gospel he gave her? What was the gospel of the kingdom he preached to that woman? Forgiveness. 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 She came, she was caught in the act. He preached the the, the gospel of mercy triumphs over judgment, forgiveness. He wrote it in the dirt. He was without um, sin. Let him cast the first stone, right? Everybody walked away. Then he preached to her what? Repentance. Go and do what? Sin no more. Repent. Amen? But that one seed led to another one. Sometimes you might not, somebody who needs to get saved, the gospel that you sow to them might be a seed of mercy, but brings them into a culture and brings them amongst laborers that brings them into the understanding of salvation and giving their life to the Lord completely, laying it all down. Other times it might just be the gospel of getting saved. It just depends. But a sower goes out to sow the word, not necessarily one word. Amen? That's so important um, that we understand that as well. And so, if there, there is no other questions or comments, um, anybody want to add anything, want to share anything? Shelby, you 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 can't because you're in the box. You don't count. <laughs> you got a mic. All right, go right ahead.
8: So, for a little while, I myself was into trying to basically grow a garden, trying to, you know, get things to grow, not just like flowers and stuff, but stuff that can actually be eaten and things like that. And a lot of times what people tell you when you're planting things is that in each spot where you plant, make sure that you put maybe two or three seeds in there at the same time because not every seed is guaranteed to take.
0: It's good. Amen. Amen. Amen.
7: I be feeling like a uh I feel like the grace of evangelism is upon my life because a lot of times when I pull up somewhere I be wanting to evangelize, and everybody be like, hey, what, what's going on? You going to church, you know? And I be like, I'm just weird like that. But now I know that it's the grace of evangelism. I mean, everybody I see, yeah. I want to just really just rain on the church, you know? And I be like, I'm so weird, but now I know. <laughs> Amen.
5: What, Amen. One of the Things that kept uh, that I kept remembering is when I uh, I used to, I've always uh, a quote that goes um, if you give a man a fish you'll eat for a day but you teach him how to fish you'll eat for a lifetime right. and and that's what I, that's what came to mind when you spoke about uh, bringing them into a culture I can give you a, I can give you a word for your situation now but if I teach if I bring you into a culture where that word is always available right. then you'll have it for every situation right um, and one of the things that I that I do at the job was uh, to give people. We have the YouTube, the um, you mm-hmm. know Facebook, and all those things. And I was when you were saying when you, when you were um, uh, some of the people keep coming back to you is I would introduce them to. I would send them the link. Man, look, check this out. Right. You know what I mean. And um, and there are many. I know of one particular truck driver who who's at, it changed how he sees everything. Right. He still attends the same church, but he didn't really understand what he was even what he was being taught there. Right. Until I introduce them to some of the things that we've been taught right. um, over, the, over the years that I've been taught here at, King, at um, Glorious. So um, that's just my thing, to teach a man how to fish.
0: Amen. That's powerful. That's a great point. That's a, that's a great point, man. And it it's so, so true. It's so, so true. Um, anybody else want to share?
1: So what about when you have that family member, that close family member that's just in their ways, and I mean, and I, I've even, and it's funny that, you know, with all of this, because it literally happened to me today, um, even my father, um, and he cussed and say things he shouldn't say, and so on and so forth, I just, he just was just discharged from the hospital, but I mean, the entire time, he's given everybody a hard time, and you know, just, and I'm like. And he's always, I know the Lord, God is with me. And I'm like, God is not with you acting like this with people. You can't, that's not his character. So you can't say that because you have these people confused that, you know, mm-hmm. may not, you know. So, but I, you know, I finally told him today, I said, you can't be cussing like that, saying that God is in you. And I said, you need to <laughs> repent and get saved for real. And I'm praying for your soul, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, shut up. Don't don't say nothing else, you know. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Just drop it. So somebody like that, especially being a father, and you, I mean, we want everybody to be saved, but it's like, you yeah. know what? I want to make sure I'm doing what I can do to make sure. I'm not going to say that would be blood on my hands, because I am, but you see what I'm saying? Like, if there's yeah. anything else that I can, whatever, you know? Yeah. I know prayer is always, you know, yeah. you know just saying like
0: that. You know. yeah, I would say ab- among, above all things, prayer. Prayer and then life example. With family, with family, they just need to see, sometimes they don't need to just see you for a year, they might need to see you for 15. And they see you still walking with God, growing in God, being blessed by God, becoming more influential, looking more like God. And over time, with prayer, anytime you're fasting, put him on that list. Because there's certain things that only can move by prayer and fasting. And so, you know, that's your dad. And when you're dealing with old religion, that's a whole nother level. Not just religion. It's old religion. this old, old. Yes. And so it's going to take prayer and fasting, but negotiation ain't going to do it. You ain't going to be able to negotiate. You need the power of God that comes through prayer, intercession, and just the grace. And um, when God leads, still sow seed. You know, just sow a seed and keep it moving. <clears throat> and God will, will, will bring that. He'll bring that water and that increase. Amen. He'll, he'll do what he needs to do. Amen. He'll deliver. But, it, you know, there's nothing that can beat prayer and life example. <coughs> Those are two very, very powerful evangelical tools. It's not what we say it's how we live. And then what we say has power because of how people see us live. Right? The reason why Jesus' word had so much power, see, a lot of people don't understand it, but the Bible says that they were astounded by his word because he spoke as one having authority. That's the same astonishment they had when he raised the dead. They were just as much astonished with his teaching as they were when they saw him raise up dead folk. It was the same amount of astonishment. That's how powerful it was. Why? Because he was the word preaching the word. He was what he was saying. It wasn't coming from his head. It was coming from who he was. And so anything that comes from who you you are, when it touches somebody else's life, is going to change him. You know, so that's the word preaching the word. So my God, that word is powerful. I'm not giving you theories. I'm giving you me. And it changes everything. And so, you know, continue to understand that even as we're bringing people into relationship, we're still to cultivate growing our own. Amen? We can't get so caught up in being Martha that we don't understand how to be Mary. We know how to serve, but we don't know how to sit at his feet. That's key. Both are key. Amen? And so um, anybody else, everything everybody shared was, was phenomenal. And um, I love every perspective. I love every question. Um, and um, I know we're in the middle of a sta- We're in the process of establishing five-fold ministry. And I believe that the evangelist is going to lead the way in this. We we got a new groundbreaking coming in Hartsville on this Sunday. We're moving into the building. Risen is moving into their building. Amen. And so we thank God for that. <laughs> By the hands of yours truly. Um. And so, so then you know we just broke ground in this building a week, two weeks ago. Amen. <laughs> And so, you know, now what is it time to do? We know we have the, the culture and the kingdom. We, it's time for us to, now we need the fishers of men to do their part. And we're still going to deal with the prophets. We're still going to deal with the teachers. We're going to be equipping in this season. And then we're going to set up a, an administration where everybody can function side by side. And we can really see what Ephesians 4 says we're supposed to see. The fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ till we come unto a perfect man, amen, that, that's our desire, so tomorrow what I desire from you all is go out to sow, amen, let that be your heart, and I just want to pray a prayer of activation, can we do that, Amen. I, I just want to pray a prayer of activation, you can get in whatever posture you want to, um, um, and I'm going to just pray over you a prayer of activation to be a seed sower, thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. God I bless you and I thank you right now for every soul represented in this room. We thank you, Lord God, that you gave some apostles, you gave some prophets, you gave some uh, evangelists, oh Lord God, pastors and teachers. I pray for those that you have placed evangelical grace on right now. And I thank you and I bless you that under the anointing, under the truth, under your word, that you would activate grace to be sowers that go out and sow. Lord God, give uh, the instinct, give the unction. Lord God, give uh, Lord God the words. Lord God, give the desire, give the focus, give the drive, give the consciousness of the evangelist. Lord God, I stir up the gift of God that's in every single one of the men and women of God represented in here today. Lord God, to sow seed and to sow seed and to sow seed and to sow seed, and And every individual, Lord God, every individual that you have called in Hartsville, every Every individual, look, God, the 25%, yes, Lord, the 25% in Florence, the 25% in Darlington, the 25% in the county, the 25% in the region, give us grace. Order our steps. Look, God, right now, bring us into the right places in the grocery store to sow seed. Bring us into the right places at our jobs to sow seed. Order our steps and give us grace to be soul winners. He that winneth souls is wise. And, And so, look, God, I thank you for the wisdom of soul winning to be released into, Lord God, the spirit of the men and women of God here. Activate, activate, I activate, I stir up, I unction, Lord God, I release it. I open up the wells and the rivers of grace right now to, Lord God, to bring in harvest every week, to bring in harvest every month, to bring in harvest every day, to bring in harvest. Oh, Lord God, that every service would have harvest. Every gathering in Hartsville would have harvest. Every gathering in Darlington will have harvest. Every gathering in Florence will have harvest. From this day forward. From Rabbah From this day forward. I thank you for an empowerment. I thank you for a fresh anointing. I, I fresh anointing. I speak 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 fresh anointing. Oban Sanda Bacondi the Rebashata, stir up the gift, 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 stir up the gift. Commanda Rabayada Rabayada Raboconciana Raman Sandi the Rebekiata. Commanda the Rebacanda Rabandi, but the Sandayata. God, I thank you that it is so now. Mm. God, I think that it is so right now. Hey. And I thank you, Lord God, that we I reestablish the victory that you've already given every man and woman. That every attack of the enemy, that every distraction of the enemy, is quenched. We quench every fiery dart of the wicked one, right now by the shield of faith. I bless you, and I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that every weight, every burden, every stress, is quenched by the grace of God. I thank you for a yoke that's easy. I. Thank you, Lord God, that there's a yoke that's easy, that there's grace to focus and to labor and to go forth, Lord God, into the harvest. I bless you right now. And I thank you right now that it is so in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Some some things I'm going to be getting to you. I may have folders for you next time we meet, and also some. Um, we're going to look at even maybe possibly looking at some tracking systems of individuals that we've ministered to, and then of those, how many showed up, and then of those, how many got planted. I got the feeling that if we start tracking that, it's going to come out like the Bible says. <laughs> It'll be about twenty five percent. I believe it will be one in every four. I believe that three in every four might show up to the church, but one in every four will actually get planted. I believe it will be like the God says it will be. Amen. We're going to deal with some strat- some specific strategies or things we can say, but I don't want this ministry to be robotic. This is what you say, because the Spirit of God may take you another way. Amen. Um, there are certain foundational things that you can pull from. But overall, I want, I want us to be men and women of the Spirit. Like John 3 says, no man knows where it comes and no one knows where it's going. It's like He is like the wind. That scripture is not about the moving of the Holy Ghost. It's about the moving of a man who has the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit of God. And so that's so key that we understand that. Um, and so look, I bless you all. Look, y'all have a good evening. Thank y'all for coming tonight. We will have the um, informational, invitational... Um, handouts for you all as you so you can also invite into culture too amen